Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Ammon Clough Creative. Ammon Clough Creative is a business specializing in photography, videography, podcasting, education, and content creation. Services include weddings, small business landing videos, corporate video and photography work, podcast production, product photography, brand exposure, one-on-one and group workshops, and photo shoots in almost any capacity, such as outdoor or indoor, family, couples, or single-person photo shoots. For more information, go to ammonclough.com or check out ammonclough on Instagram at ammonclough. Welcome to another episode of Ambitious. This is a podcast where I, your ambitious host, Ammon Clough, have conversations with really ambitious people, people who display characteristics, lifestyle, passions that are very ambitious, such topics as entrepreneurship, motherhood, fatherhood, photography and videography, since that's kind of my thing, business, marriage and relationships, being a nice person, and other ambitious topics. We talk about their ambitions, and then we talk about what they can do even further to instill more ambition into their ambition. Ambition on ambition. Ambition squared. (laughs) What? So open up your ear holes and let's have some fun. Welcome to the... <laughs> I, I, I don't do that anymore, actually. Oh, really? You just dive right into it? Just in the middle of it. Is he good where he is? Where am I at? Nice. Don't move a muscle. Yeah, I have a pre-recorded intro now, so I don't have to say the intro anymore. Nice. Yeah. Took my advice, huh? Yeah, I did. Yep. It's much better because it's like good crisp and clean every time. Mm-hmm. And the same. Do you have music so, in it now or no? Uh, at the beginning, yeah. Some music. Well, actually, no. It's just the quick. It's not the... That's like your your theme music one. Oh, yeah. That's it. Nice. That's in there. It's a good choice. Yeah. Catch wait. tune. Oh, wait. No, no. From you talking about for my YouTube and stuff? Yeah. No, I didn't use that one. Oh. Sorry. It's okay. It's fine. Brayden. Mm-hmm. Brayden Clough. Welcome to the podcast. It's good to see you again, man. Yeah. Round two. Round two. <laughs> Round two. <laughs> Round two. <laughs> the, uh, the first time I had you on the podcast, we spoke about a lot about Raw. Mm-hmm. Did you want to give like a quick update? Wait, I guess let's, let's just introduce. Should we introduce you again since maybe people haven't listened to that episode? Okay. To introduce Braden Clough, Braden is my brother. He's four years younger than me. This is Ammon speaking. We're going to go through that again. <laughs> and this is Brayden speaking. <laughs> so we kind of sound a little similar because we have the same DNA. <laughs> is that why? <laughs> <laughs> same vocal cords? Same DNA vocal makeup. Yeah. Vocal DNA. Sorry if you hear some whining in the back. That's uh, the dog who's been crated. Um. Anyway, so yeah, Braden and I currently work together now at Raw. Oh, yeah. That's that's a pretty cool update. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Braden is the oh, well another pretty cool update. Braden is the new manager at Raw. Dang it, I was gonna let you say that. I'm the new manager at Raw now. <laughs> there you go. Congratulations! It's like it never happened. Anyway, so Braden hired me to be the social media content creator marketer what's my title social media manager social media manager i think that's what it is okay manage social media okay well creator sounds fun though too 
Yeah. I don't know. Content creator. Yeah. Social media manager. You're just a social media guy. Yeah. That's what I say. We have a guy who does the social media. Yeah. I'm the guy. And so thank you for that. Of course. I express my gratitude thoroughly oh, unto okay. you. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah. That feels nice. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. the first time we spoke was last January on the podcast. I mean, we've spoken quite a bit since, but I had you on the podcast in like January. It's crazy. It feels like last month. It was already like four months ago. Yeah. What? Five months ago. January is one. May is five. What? Yes. Okay. Well, that's cool. What's new in your life, dude? Pretty much just the manager thing. That kind of took a lot out of me in the Busy. beginning, but now it's like sizzling down, fizzling. It's easing up. The load is lessening. I'm becoming more used to it. So it's easier um, to manage yeah. the position. To manage the manager to manage position? the manager position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's good. I mean, other than that, I got a new tattoo yesterday, two days ago. Oh, yeah. Show the camera. Show this one. <laughs> I don't know. It's a hand with a snake coiled around it. You can't really see it. For those of you listening but. in your vehicles, it's a, it's a snake. Well, it's a hand with a snake wrapped around it. Right. And it's on my left forearm. What was the... Are there meanings behind your tattoos? There are to some of them. Some of them I just like. Some of them are too spontaneous to find a meaning mm. in them. Like there was one, the sun on my wrist. I'll flash it. Yeah. The sun on my wrist was, um, I was out having tacos at Blue Heron Park with a friend. Yeah. And they were like, hey, it'd be kind of cool to get tattoos right now. And they're like, okay. And so we called to see if any any tattoo shops, parlors, what are they called? Tattoo yeah. parlor? Tattoo parlor. Yeah, we were just calling to, calling around to see if anybody did walk-ins. And then this one was like, yeah, can you be here in 10 minutes? And we're like, ah, okay. So we got there and in the car, I was like looking at Pinterest, just like trying to find <laughs> tattoos. And I was like, oh, that wow. looks kind of cool. And so I got a son and she got the number seven on her arm. Oh, related but in any way? The son the and, son the, and the seven? seven? No, just we wanted things. Cool. We just wanted ink on our bodies. That we is wanted to feel the pain. Very spontaneous. I have zero tattoos. Are there any tattoos on your body that I don't know about? Um, do you know about the one on my back? No. I have one on my back. What is it? It's my roommate. He, okay, so he travels a lot, mm -hmm. or he used to, and when he was in Fiji, um, his girlfriend took a picture of him, and mm -hmm. then he got that photo and did a drawing of it, and then I was looking for another tattoo, so I was browsing his drawing book, because he's yeah. like a crazy good artist. And then I saw that one and I was like, I want that. You should put it on me. He's like, oh, that's me in Fiji sitting on the beach. And I'm like, ah, even better. Nah. That's cool. So he's just like sitting on the beach. His shirt's kind of like pulled up over his back and he's just chilling kind of in the fetal position, so but sitting down. With it's his head a tattoo his of your roommate? Yeah. Can I see it? Yeah. Yes. It's on my shoulder kind of. Can you, you might need to pull it down. Oh. It was a stick and poke too. Wait, I feel like I have seen that. Maybe I sent you a photo. Maybe. Yeah, huh. that was when I got before this one. Cool. Before the snake, I mean. What's the difference between like a regular tattoo you get at a parlor and like a stick and poke? So the tattoo parlor ones are legal because <laughs> the tattoo artists have licenses. Uh -huh. um, like they go to school and they do the whole thing and they get all official, get a license and they can tattoo and they get paid really well. Um, and stick and poke is more of a, well, you can be a licensed. I think you could be a licensed stick and poke artist. I don't know. Licensed stick and poker? 
Maybe. I don't know. But it's kind of just like usually, or my friends have just done them. Yeah. I have two, actually two coworkers who um, do stick and poke. Cena. Cena and Morgan are the two that cool. do that. And that's the one, that one was a stick and poke on your arm, right? Yeah. The snake? Mm-hmm. I think most of mine are actually stick and poke just because oh. it's a lot cheaper. I like the way it looks. It looks kind of hand done mm, yeah. instead of, you know, all perfect. And some, right. some are kind of fun to have. That's cool. A little bit interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they just dip the ink or dip the needle in ink. And it's a, it's not a hollow needle. Like usually with the tattoo guns, they have like hollow needles. This oh. ink is gone through the needle and oh. so it injects it into you that way. Oh. But this is the, just take a needle, dip it in ink, and then just like poke your skin in the design that you hmm. want. Does it uh, fade quicker um, than a regular one? I don't know. I didn't notice really it fading quicker. Hmm. Sometimes it looks a little more gray, but that depends on the ink too that you use. Yeah. So. And the Sweet, size man. of the needle, just all. Then there's a lot of factors, I guess. Huh, I'm such a novice when it comes to all this stuff. A novice? A novice? Does that mean like you I, don't know? I don't know like much naive. about. Naive. Yeah. Nice. Naive. Well, there you go. Ignorant. But today's episode, I didn't want to talk about tattoos for the whole time. I actually wanted to talk to you. I'm trying to make a lot. I'm trying to make more of my episodes about photography. It's one of the things that I say in the in my intro that this podcast is about, and I haven't really had much, so I wanted to talk specifically about lenses. Is that cool? Camera lenses or eyeglass lenses? <laughs> <laughs> camera well, lenses. speaking of photography, like along <laughs> yeah, the lines no, of photography, yeah, so <laughs> camera lenses, and not anything like, not any model specifically, but just, just lenses in general. In general. Yeah, I, I, I think. Gosh, I wish we would have like maybe. Do you ever get like questions about them? Is that why you wanted to do this one, or you just no. wanted to kind of expand and do a couple lens ones? I mean, what I'm trying to do is number one. T- well, the thing that I'm trying to do is more education. I want to do more education mm-hmm. with my social media. So my plan is to have this podcast be more of the long format education of a specific thing. So. Then I have my IGTV that can be the visual illustration of the stuff we talked about in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. So we'll just like have a conversation about lenses, but then there's certain things that when you're talking about with a lens, that's really hard to just explain verbally. Mm-hmm. So being able to show it in a video nice, would be like a nice visual companion. So you're going to release this podcast with a video in your IGTV? Correct. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm going to see it. And I I was hoping you could help me. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Because I could be, one of the things that's cool with lenses is different apertures, like being able to show, this is aperture F22, this is aperture 1.8. Oh, yeah. And like actually look in the lens and show it. So I could have you film the inside of a lens and then me like twisting it, showing it opening and closing. Yeah. And then this is what a shot of the sun looks like at F22. 1.8. 1.8. This is what it looks like with F22, yeah, yeah, which I can, star. yeah, we can explain it like at F22, mm-hmm. the sun is like a sun star, right? Like a nice burst because of like the light refraction, some kind of because of physics. <laughs> physics is the answer. <laughs> and then 1.8, it's just like a big ball of light. Yeah. Just like a big, big ball of light. Big blob. <laughs> but like it's, it's still artistic. They're both artistic in their own way, you know? Mm-hmm. Like for example, if you, if I'm shooting just a, a landscape, I would use f22 
mm-hmm. so you get like a night or i mean i say it f22 doesn't take but away, it doesn't add light anywhere else it kind of just like focuses on the sun and it's not like a huge ball that's taking up right most of the horizon yeah it it's isolates like, it. bam there's the sun look how cool it is yeah it isolates the sun into that one spot like there's the sun it's isolated and it's like mm-hmm. a nice star but if you're doing like a portrait yes portrait. with somebody else and then it's like glowy and nice and smooth right and then in the IG version, the IGTV visual version, the companion of this, I can show examples of, Perfect. of that. Well, I'm excited to see them. <laughs> this week, cool. dude. Yeah. And it'll obviously be shorter. You know, the mm-hmm. IGTV isn't going to be an hour. Yeah. Probably be just like maybe 10 minutes max. Can you make, you can make them 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. Can you just make it however long you want? Uh, pretty sure. I think they limit you to 10 minutes though. Oh, okay. I think. Don't quote me on that. I've heard that once before, but they're always changing. I'm going to quote you on it. Okay. <laughs> Amazon. Amazon said it's ten, 10 minutes. minutes. What is, he's always right. Well, the sun star thing isn't just. I've I've found that F sixteen is when the sun star starts to look good. F sixteen. Does that depend on the lens, or that's kind of just like it does overall? depend on the lens. Yeah. Cool. Certain lenses will give a, a different effect, like the sun star, like the little light beams, <laughs> I guess, on the star will be yeah. thinner or. Mm-hmm or sometimes a little thicker depending on the lens. And F16 is generally where it starts up to like some lenses go to F30 something. And it'll it, it just get thinner and thinner and be more and more isolated. 50 prime that I'm using right now goes to like 22. Yeah. Is that like a standard for a lot of lenses? A lot of lenses just go to, yeah, F22. Cool. Usually primes don't go as high as zoom lenses. Which prime means it doesn't <laughs> yes. zoom. So this is all happening. <laughs> this is all happening. Yeah, so there's yeah there's prime. it's so hard to talk about lenses dude there's so many things <sighs> i know so I, many things and i we didn't for this for the people listening we didn't talk at all about what we were going to discuss about yeah, lenses lenses and I was like, hey the... man come over for a podcast we're going to talk about lenses all right hit record <laughs> ready to go and i don't even know where we're going it kind of <laughs> just happened <laughs> so okay well there's like i think i guess to give us some sort of structure i would say that there's three things to really consider when buying a lens nice this is good content i can feel it yeah i this is where i'd fast forward to to listen to okay cool three things to consider (laughs) when buying a lens lists everybody loves lists one what's your budget because lenses are quite expensive they can be number two i mean depending if you're doing something like i don't know with portraits i feel like you could get a cheap lens and just you know be totally fine yeah which brings me to number two what are you shooting perfect so what's your budget and what are you shooting yes (laughs) and then number three where are you shooting so those climate wise or climate location location, mostly location i would say climate uh, is less important but still important but those are the three three main things that i would say you need to consider when you're looking to buy a new lens so what kind of a shooter are you if you're a portrait shooter you're obviously going to get something probably prime because prime lenses uh, usually have a wider aperture or people call it faster they're faster and they're sharper because Mm -hmm. there's less moving parts because there's no zoom mechanism makes sense so if you're a portrait shooter you're probably going to buy primes and you want that shallow depth of field uh, a really wide open aperture that's going to give you a really shallow depth of field which means how would you explain shallow depth of field? Bokeh for days. <laughs> yeah. That's how I would explain it. What about people who don't, don't know what bokeh is? You should watch the movie Bokeh. 
Actually, I don't even know if that's about Boca. <laughs> I don't. That's think like so. about people lost in Iceland. I think, isn't it? <laughs> I don't. Know. Maybe that's something totally different. <laughs> uh, Boca maybe would be like, so if you're taking a photo of random example, a baby. This is because I did this once. A baby at Christmas time, mm-hmm. and the baby was sitting in front of the Christmas tree, and the baby's face is what you're focused on, and so the baby's face is nice and crisp. Mm-hmm. And then in the background are the Christmas tree lights, but with a really sharp aperture or high aper- fast aperture what you're yeah, saying just so really wide low. open so like 1.8 for example yeah would make the christmas lights appear to be circular balls of light really right. smooth like balls instead of like a christmas light you wouldn't instead be able of, to yeah, tell so that you can, it's a christmas you can, light. like tell it's a christmas light but it's like oh it's just like the feeling of christmas is in the background yeah. that could be like floating fireflies or it could be like anything's yeah. of light back there it gives texture but, yeah and just really helps you focus on one thing, makes the photo like simpler. It isolates you your say. subject. Awesome. Those are the words. So the, the things to understand with a lens, you need to understand aperture. You also need to understand shutter speed, I would say. And then, yeah, I guess those are, those are two really important things. Because um, if, if you have a really wide open aperture, like Braden's talking about with like f1.8, a bigger hole is going to give you that better bokeh, but it's also going to make the picture a lot brighter. A bigger hole mm-hmm. enters, it lets in more light, just like your eyeball. Like if you go outside, your eyeball, you know, the yeah. pupil shrinks. It constricts real small, mm-hmm. which in lens terms would be like F25, F22, like a really small hole. Mm-hmm. And then when you go inside and you're in the dark, your, your pupil dilates gets bigger to let in more light so a lens is the same thing it just opens up real wide and in lens terms really wide open or dilated is like f 1.8 or 1.4 or just really wide open Mm -hmm. so i guess it's it's easy to talk about in terms of like an eyeball yeah anatomy an eyeball has a lens (laughs) an eyeball has yeah it's perfect pupil which is the aperture yeah, uh, and then and then shutter speed, but I guess that's more of the in camera. Not shutter that's... speed, like blinks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, shutter blink speed, speed. <laughs> blink speed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you're if you're opening up the aperture really wide to like one point four, you're gonna want to have a faster shutter speed to compensate for that. Because if you left your shutter speed, at like if you're on a bright day, like outside, it's a bright day, you left your shutter speed at one fiftieth of a second, you open up your aperture to one point four. You take a picture, it's just going to be pure white. Mm-hmm. It's going to be way too nothing. bright. Yeah. So you need to roll your aperture. I mean, your, sorry, your shutter speed up to like one whatever 500th of a second. Yeah. yeah. Just take a bunch of test photos. Yeah. Or if you have a Sony, which is the best camera, yes. then you have that, How would you, what is that, like live display or like digital? Yeah. So when you're Electronic. adjusting your settings, you can see on the display exactly what the photo is going to look like instead of having to you know, just test it out a bunch of times. Yeah. So yeah, a little disclaimer, Braden and I are both Sony shooters. We shoot Sony mirrorless. So we are biased. Are biased. Yeah. <laughs> you can, it's like taking a picture on a cell phone. You can see what the photo is going to look like and be exposed like before you take it. Mm-hmm. Whereas with like Canon, Sony and other DSLR, traditional DSLRs, you have to actually take a picture, a test photo to see what the exposure is going to look like. Because you're only yeah. seeing what the lens sees, but with Sony or or a mirrorless camera, you're seeing what the sensor is seeing. 
mm-hmm. not what the lens sees. So if your exposure is like way too fast, your screen's going to look black and you're like, what the heck? So you adjust it and it slowly becomes brighter. Right. And you're like, oh, there you go. This yep. is where I want it to be. Yep. And it's awesome to learn on too. That makes it super easy. Cause you can, it is a lot easier to learn on really cool. You can just see exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so budget, what, what you're shooting. So if you're, if, if I was like a, 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 for example, a wildlife photographer, I'm not going to buy primes. I'm going to buy like zoom lenses that zoom in prime. Your feet are your zoom. You'd have to yeah, yeah. get like run up there and be all close to the end. Yeah, I don't want to be close to a bear. <laughs> yeah. And it's also kind of hard to be super close to like a bald eagle or yeah. a lion. So that's really hard. So yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to explain it. Like a prime lens, your feet, your your legs are your zoom. It doesn't zoom at all. You have to move closer physically, your body physically closer or further away mm-hmm. from your subject in order to zoom. To get it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to get it. <laughs> to get the goods. Got to run up all close or <laughs> run away. That's something that even in portrait is kind of hard. Like when you try to do a family and you have a prime lens. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this looks good. And I crouch down and I get all adjusted. And I look at it. And I'm like, oh, I can see like the dad's face. I'm like, run back there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Got to move back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you want to have like a 70 to 200 millimeter zoom lens if you're going to be shooting, you know, a wildlife safari. Like if you're going to Africa on a safari, you're probably going to be just sitting in the truck shooting lions from the truck and you're not gonna be able to get out so you need to have that or even a 600 millimeter lens to be able to zoom in super far or if you're shooting weddings that's another example because you don't want to crowd the people yeah you don't want to be like up front Mm -hmm. so it's nice to have a a fast zoom lens and you can add a lot of depth too like if you're shooting you know like the couple at the 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 stage altar altar yeah like the under the arch the whole thing mm-hmm. and then you're sitting all the way in the back and you zoom right through a bunch of heads oh yes and then you got all the blurred heads on the sides and right in the center is like ah, bride and groom and that's called creative framing haha you can frame the couple with people's heads yes <laughs> <laughs> um what was i gonna say that's something that's really difficult to s- explain verbally is like zoom compression you know i don't know like when you when you zoom in t- when you're using a zoom lens or like a, a telephoto lens mm-hmm. for a landscape, how it compresses the landscape. Oh yeah. Versus like shooting a, a landscape with a really wide angle lens, how it just looks more flat. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of depth to it. Like if you yeah, shoot, that is kind of tough. It's like, you just have to be able to show photos and be like this one. Yeah. Wide angle. And this one is just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a hard, hard one to explain. And then you have to think about, so the third thing was, uh, where you're shooting right location, what you're shooting yeah. yeah where you're shooting so location if you're like a a photographer that shoots concerts it's gonna be dark most of the time mm-hmm. so you're gonna need a lens that probably is a zoom lens but that also has a really wide open aperture which mm-hmm. that's where lenses get really expensive right and low light but yeah. With zoom, it's like you can't have all the things. So if you want them all, you got to pay for it. Yeah, like there's a there's a lens called the G Master, twenty four to seventy, which is a pretty good all around lens. It's and like it's two a, grand or something. Right? Yeah, it's like two thousand. It's a f two point eight, which is pretty. It's awesome. It's a pretty wide open aperture for a zoom lens. So that lens will pretty much cover most things, except for maybe if you're trying to shoot wildlife. I, that would be kind of tough to. Yeah 
pretty I'm awesome. Sure you photos. can get some good stuff still, but yeah. What's your favorite lens right now? Um, probably my fifty prime. The nifty fifty. Nifty fifty. It's kind of that's a like the one staple. I just leave on the camera all the time. Like it's yeah. usually on there. It's compact. It's like not too heavy. It looks good. Yeah. And I do a lot of product shots, and it's, it's pretty good for product photography. Really. Kind of wish I had a wider angle for products a lot of the time like a 35 or 28 or something uh-huh just to and i'll be able to get real close but still have a little bit of a wide angle and something with a zoom would be kind of cool too because i'm always adjusting the tripod and like moving it back and forth but yeah nice just set it zoom in and be able to capture everything yeah in one spot um sigma makes some pretty cool wide angle lenses like there's a sigma 16 millimeter prime mm-hmm. as a f1.4 oh, well. nice so you I mean, it doesn't zoom, but super wide, which, what are, so, pop quiz. Pop quiz. What's, what is a Sigma, what's a 16 millimeter F1.4? Like, what would you say that's, like, really good for? Um, I guess it's not really a pop quiz, more of an opinion. <laughs> Maybe, like, close-ups of people or something. I don't know, something where you want to be close and get detail, mm-hmm. but get a, you know, get a wide angle shot at the same time. I see. So you, your, your first thought is to go to portraits with it. Mm, I don't know. That's maybe that's where my head was at, yeah. but I mean, it'd get good landscapes too. Cause it's super wide. So I don't know. Maybe it'd just be good for a lot of things. I think what it would be, what I would use that for. The only reason I would pay the money for a lens like that is if I was doing astrophotography. Oh, nice. There you go. Like if I was going to shoot the Milky way, cause I want that's like something awesome that's really that. wide, but that's really, like a wide angle view, but that oh, yeah. has a really wide aperture to gather a lot of light. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you have a, a wider aperture, you're not going to have to roll your ISO up higher than maybe 3,200 or something, which again, Sony, yeah, you can operate at a higher ISO. It's so Sony. nice. Which if you don't know what ISO is or ISO, ISO, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> ISO. That's like the last resort thing that you change in order to adjust the brightness level if you need to need it to be brighter that's the thing you adjust last it's like artificial light basically it's adding artificial light to your that's a good image it's a good one good word choice light steroids ah yeah (laughs) but if you're letting in a lot of light like if you're doing astrophotography and you know you have it up to 3200 it's going to let in a ton of light but then you get the grain that comes in there too right right that's higher. the that's the thing that's the drawback of iso and that's why i say it's the last resort because mm-hmm. the the higher you bump up your iso or iso the noisier your photos going to get which with canon i've heard that it starts to fall apart around 800 iso oh wow i've heard i've never shot canon so i don't know that for a fact but that's what i've heard but i've shot iso 6400 on my camera and I've had at night. Yeah. At night or wow. like one time, one time I was shooting a, a singer mm-hmm. and she's like, yeah, come film my concert. So I went and I was shooting. It was so dark. Dang it. Like, dude, why do you have like lights? <laughs> and I was shooting at ISO 10,000 and it worked and it worked. Yeah. I used the footage. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's cool. But I was film. I was filming. I wasn't doing pictures. I was just mm-hmm. doing film. seems like it'd be harder. Even it seems like there'd be just a drag everywhere you went. If it's that dark right oh my gosh that gets into a whole a whole nother thing like like video stuff yeah so with video yeah that if you're shooting video 
you want your frame rate of the camera. So if you're shooting like 24 frames a second, you want the frame rate of your shutter to be double. It's like a staple. You you want it to be double because that you're going to avoid that lag, I guess. Mm -hmm. But like, have you ever seen like the Bourne movies, Jason Bourne? Born yeah. supremacy and all that mm-hmm. there's certain oh, scenes yeah, they like utilize that yeah and just make it look sick yeah yeah like when awesome. he's when he's having those flashbacks mm-hmm. they they film it specifically with like a really low shutter speed is that in so the white kinda, room yeah yeah in, in the, the white room, room it's kind of like all dreamy and yeah it gives it kind of a kinda dreamy like not want to look for a second you're like yeah. what yeah yeah it gives I it kind that. of a dreamy super cool. so some movies i never made that connection that's neat yeah so it can be used for different things but yeah it's not it doesn't look natural. Like it looks yeah. like a dream state kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? What other? Right now, my favorite lens right now is that one. The 85? Yeah, the 85. Let me check the lenses real quick. Let's pause because these cameras turn off after 30 minutes. Oh. Yeah, this one's off. You just turn it back on. Has it been 30 minutes already? Yeah. Wow. You just get focused on your face. <laughs> so handsome. Thank you. Little handsome. My LaCroix is gone. Oh, man. Your LaCroix? All that's left is a little bit that you have to throw your head back to get. <laughs> yep. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what else about lenses? Yeah, my favorite lens is this one, this 85. Because that's my texture lens. I feel like it gets really nice texture. Ah, texture. Texture, and I expose texture. That's my right motto. That's cool. <laughs> my slogan. Your slogan? <laughs> expose the texture is my slogan. Yeah, I like, I like that lens because what you were saying about the 16 millimeter 1.4, that's what mm-hmm. that lens does. Like it, it gets real close detail yeah. and really nice compression. So the, the blur in the background is really nice and slow cooked to perfection. Oh, wow. Just decadent. Just dig your <laughs> fork right in and watch the steam pour out. <laughs> yeah, boy. Oh, my gosh. Decadent. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah, whenever I... Slogan. Whenever... <laughs> decadent. <laughs> Just that word. Braden Clough. Decadent. <laughs> whenever I'm shooting a portrait shoot, like a family or a, a single person, I have two mm-hmm. cameras. I throw... A 30 millimeter prime on one of the cameras and the 85, 85 millimeter prime on the other one. Mm-hmm. That, that Sigma lens is a 30, milli, 30 millimeter 1.4. Oh, that's. I envy that lens. That lens is so delicious, dude. I want to rub it on my face. Mm. Nah. <laughs> Probably shouldn't do that. Not decadent enough for you? <laughs> I need to just ruin the lens. Get all facey. Yeah. But 1.4 aperture is. Yeah, it's delicious. Like if I get close enough, that that depth of field is shallow enough to where I could focus on the on the person's the tip of their nose, and, and their eyes and are their eyes would out. be a little out of focus. Yeah, cool. it, it maybe if they have a big nose. Yeah. So if you're shooting like, let's see, who has a big nose? Maybe like a famous person, so we don't defend Steve Carell. Yeah, versus Steve Casey Carell Neistat in uh, Roxanne. Is that the movie? Right. No, no, you're thinking. Wait. Is that that's not Steve Carell? That's the is that the guy with the white hair? Roxanne. He has like 
Oh man, Steve Carell's from The Office. Yeah, I know. I thought maybe he was in that movie. It might be another actor, but oh. they put a fake nose on him. But it's supposed to be real in the movie. But it's just like huge. Is it Adam Sandler? No, with the big, big nose. He and just go oh. with it. I think that movie where he has like a giant nose, like a cucumber. I can't remember what the heck. <laughs> the whole movie he does? No, just in the oh. very beginning. Oh yeah, and he's a plastic surgeon. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh, funny. Well, no, even like on a regular person's nose, it's it, that 1.4 depth of field is shallow enough to where, yeah, that's cool. Tip of their nose is in focus, and their eyes would be just. And then Steve Carell's eyes would be blurred out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he does have a big nose. Yeah. Sorry, Steve, if you're listening. To he probably will. I wouldn't doubt it. But yeah. Just casual. Yeah. It's whatever. This is ambitious. We're talking about. <laughs> Quite ambitious. Yeah. I, I. I have no doubt. Steve would listen to this. Yeah, he probably is right now. He's probably tapping in live. Speaking of like Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, um, there's a difference between like there's then there's cinema lenses. Oh my gosh! Oh Are we going to go gosh. into that right now? No, I, oh. because I don't know anything about sigma uh, cinema lenses. Neither do I. I've never used one. I've I know that they're like awesome. They're very very precise. They're very expensive, mm-hmm. and they have like. Just when you're when you're twisting the zoom, it takes <laughs> a while. You twist your zoom. Yeah, you, you have to like <laughs> twist it, twist it, because <laughs> it, it takes a while for it to like focus. You know, because it's so oh, precise. Yeah. yeah, don't they have like gimbals and things with a little arm that goes up and accesses the yes. little side, so you can like hit a button. And it's like yeah, yeah, hit a button, or like a little roll wheel that's like because because your camera in a lot of Hollywood movies they use like. Um, Ari Alexas, which is like the most expensive camera body you can buy. It's like a hundred grand. My gosh. Like Game of Thrones has like seven of them and they have them on these really long extension arms for their cool shots that they're getting. Mm -hmm. So they're really, really smooth. But when the camera's that far away, you can't touch it. (laughs) Yes. You have like a person up there, like a camera operator who's like touching it, but they have just like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's like a fireman pole with like a bucket. It's like, you'd have to be like a midget too. Or a, oh, sorry, that's the offensive <laughs> word, isn't it? A uh, Can't small, keep small person. Yes, yeah, somebody who gro- whose growth is stunted. Yeah, height challenged. Yeah. Um, but they have um, like <laughs> knobs and gears and wheels that they yeah. that and they, they can all they control that from the ground from the monitor. Yeah, they have a big monitor like a big TV, and they're looking, and they have like you know focus wheels and stuff. It's crazy that do it. Yeah, you know, the, like remotely control it from the ground. right. That's the word, remotely. Yeah, um, but yeah, they, they get so precise. Like they'll have their subject, and then they have the camera, and they tie. If you notice, oh man, my my camera's all over there. But if you look at your camera, every camera has it, it has like a little circle with a, a line on the body of the camera, and that mm-hmm. tells you exactly exactly where the sensor is, oh, cool. which is where the focus is actually, uh, like pulled from so they have a string that they they like in hollywood movies they have like mm-hmm. a little stick that sticks out of their camera on that line and they tie a string on that stick and mm-hmm. then they string all the way to the subject so they know like precisely where the focus needs to be wow that's crazy <laughs> like to the millimeter kind of a thing <laughs> so it can be like so precise wow and that's kind of like um emily's probably gonna Gonna be doing that with her like stuff like DPs. Oh, that's what yeah. they need to be doing. Okay. That's what they're in charge. The DPs, of. DPs, director of photography, right? Yeah, director of photography. 
Nice. For the listeners. I've learned these terms because she loves to talk about it. Yes. And I try to keep up. It's so hard, man. All these abbreviations and terms for different positions. I know. Shooting movies and all that. It's like, wow. There's so much that goes into it. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised you know. I'm I'm impressed you know that, though. DP. Thank you. She will be, too. Nice. I hope. I'm going to wink at the camera. (laughs) She'll she'll listen to this. She'll listen. Um, so tell, drop some knowledge that it's in your brain about lenses. Tell me if there's like something different with like a film lens. Oh, the film camera, like 35 millimeter, 35 millimeter. Nice. We're diving into film again. Yeah. Cause that's something Sweet. that you care about. Is there any yeah. thing with lenses that, um, is different? Yes, there are. Well, depending on the lens. So, and depending on the film camera that you get, but if you're getting like an old camera lens, that's from you know, like the seventies or something like an antique, mm-hmm. it's going to be all also well, like from a digital camera, you have all the settings located on your camera and you can just like twist knobs and it just adjust everything. Yeah. But all the controls are on the lens, which some lenses have that still. Oh, but it's just like the aperture is all controlled on the lens itself. Oh. The focus. So it's a hundred percent manual, a hundred percent manual. Yeah. And then you can't adjust the ISO or the ISO because that's what like the film that you put into the camera is different ISOs. So, so the film, the actual film that you feed into the camera has its own ISO setting, right? right. Yeah. So it's just like, depending on how it's made or I don't know all the stuff. Just it's, it's sensitivity it's just like to light. It's like 400, um, yeah, like 400 or 200 or whatever the exposure is. It's just like, it, okay. and you can't change it throughout the whole roll. So you adjust a setting on the camera on the top. So if you're putting in 400 roll in, then you just like set the little dial to 400 and then you put oh. the roll in. And so the 400 the the 400 is in reference to the ISO. Yeah. And so the only things that you can adjust when you're actually shooting is the aperture and the shutter speed. Yes. And so you have to I buy so. a specific type of roll for a specific job. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, I'm going oh to the beach gosh, and it's going to be super bright outside. I'll get so you know, hard. I know. Isn't that crazy? That's so, <laughs> so much work. Mm-hmm. But that's it, fun. That's the fun part. Yeah, that's true. You just have to, you have to be very, very intentional. It sounds like mm-hmm. with film. But it sucks when you're like halfway through a roll and then you change settings and you're like, oh no, I just need to like get through this roll really quick because I know I'm going <laughs> to, you're just like, you know, shoot the rest of the roll because it won't be the photos you want. I've oh. had to do that a couple of times. What do you mean? Shoot the so rest of the roll? So if I'm in one setting that's like a little bit darker and I have like a 100 roll in there, mm-hmm. but then I'm going somewhere else where I'm like, I probably want like a different film and mm-hmm. it's like almost done or halfway. I'll just like kind of shoot the rest of that roll. Oh, so you can't pull it I out? swap one in. No, because if you open the back of the camera, it exposes the film to light, and then the whole thing is ruined. So you once you put the roll in and start shooting, you can't take it out until it's finished? Um, yeah. Well, you could take it out, but you have to just roll the whole thing up so oh. it's all back into the roll again. Oh. And then you take that whole thing out, and there'll be like however many shots you took on it. <laughs> so if you only take like two shots, and you're like, oh, shoot, I don't want this roll in there anymore, you just roll the whole thing back up and then take it out. <laughs> And then put the other roll in that you need, which is the equivalent of just me rolling my ISO dial. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And then now with the, with the cameras that we have, you can just Wi-Fi your shots right over to your phone. Yeah. But it's like, that takes like days to do if you're shooting film. (laughs) So you can't, can you not see what the photo looks like? Not at all. Not until you get it developed. So how do you know if it's exposed right? You just have to know your stuff. And there's little light dials that are in the camera oh okay so when you hold down the shutter button halfway oh it's it like kind of on your sony it would like autofocus or whatever mm-hmm. so if you do that on a film camera 
it like activates the little light sensor that's in there. Some have like an external light sensor, but most of them are just in there. Mm. And then it has a dial that goes up from, I think the top is like one. I think it's the number one. And then the bottom is like 20 or something oh. or 10. And then you want it at like 5.6. Oh, okay. So, it's, so, you so it tells you. At. Yeah. So you just look at that. Which is like the equivalent of like a modern histogram. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So many things we're dropping in this episode. Like we talk about lenses, but here we are speaking about histograms. Oh my gosh. If you don't know what histograms are, it's like a little waveform graph that tells you like on the right side, how bright the brights are. And then on the left side, how dark the darks are. And you want to have it pretty, like the ideal image is just flat. Like the, the darks and the lights are perfectly exposed. Yeah. So you don't want to have any spikes. Like, well, you want to have a spike in the middle because that, that means that it's pretty, well, not like a spike. You just want it to be it's even. Like a, like, a, some, like the waves are okay. And you can get creative with it too. Like it's, I mean, your photos don't have to be like. Right. It's not like it's bad to have yeah. too too bright, but mm-hmm. it's just what the pixels are seeing that, oh, there's a lot of white pixels in here or, or there's a lot of black pixels in here. So if you have like yeah. a, a lot of spike up on the right side, that means it's overexposed or that you just have a lot of white. Yeah. So you can just like adjust. Yeah. Like adjust the, you know, edit the photo to make it right. how you want. What's the first thing that you adjust on your settings when you, like, if you look at an image on your, on your, the back of your camera and you're like, oh, it's too bright. What's the first thing that you... I usually do shutter speed. Really? Yeah. Just, like, adjust it. Me too. Yeah. That's the first one that I go to. And I, I don't really know why. I think just because it's, like, easiest to get results quick that way. You're just like, okay, mess it around. Then you're like, okay, then I need to adjust this. And yeah. Like the ISO. Because with shutter speed, it's the least... It's the thing that, well, if you have a fast shutter speed, there's going to be no motion blur, right? Mm-hmm. With slow shutter speed, there's motion blur. But normally, it doesn't really matter unless you're shooting like sports or mm-hmm. Something people. moving super quick. Yeah, or like, I guess a baby who moves around a lot or maybe mm-hmm. like surfing. Yeah, just like sports action and, the, and you want it to be crisp. Yeah. So with that... If I'm shooting sports, then the shutter speed's a little more important. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I'm most most of the time going after is that depth of field, which yeah. is affected by the aperture. Mm-hmm. So I I usually want to have my aperture wide open. Yeah, I usually just I like leave it at one point eight a lot of the time. Yeah, same. It's the highest it go, and I'm like, oh sweet, I want it to be all buttery. Yeah, and smooth. And I adjust around yeah. that. Something I was trying to mess with um, a while ago is keeping the shutter speed pretty low mm-hmm. and then using a moving object, but m- moving the camera with the object. Oh. So like if somebody's riding a bike or something, you kind of like move your camera at the same speed. The bike is moving. Oh, that's cool. And then take the photo and they're in focus, but the background is blurred. Oh, those are fun. I got like nothing, <laughs> but it was, <laughs> I mean, work, I just but... like was scrolling through Instagram and I was like, how did they, Oh, okay. Let me try that. And so I was trying and like, it's so hard. Yeah. Unless you have like a fancy, I don't know. Or I guess if you're driving in a car, it would be a lot easier. Maybe just going the same speed. As oh something. yeah. Yeah. You just like snip it and the background's gone. That's but true. Doing it by hand is pretty difficult. Yeah. Just like, Oh, try to <laughs> I know. match your speed. And like hold it still because if you are moving around, it's going to blur it yeah. even more. So to get it crisp would be, that's pretty creative though. I like that. Right. To get a film shot like that would be crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I am incapable. Nah. Yeah. Nah, dude. There was something I was going to say. What was I talking about? Just, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was talking about aperture. Mm-hmm. 
so if we talk about video for just a sec, <clears throat> like I was saying, your your frame rate, your camera frame rate, normal motion is 24 frames a second. Like that's mm-hmm. what Hollywood films and everything is filmed on is 24 frames a second. That's natural movement. Mm-hmm. And so say that I'm trying to shoot something in slow motion. So I'm going to shoot 60 frames a second because that's, then I can slow it down to half speed or like, you know, 40% of, of regular motion. So mm-hmm. it'll be nice and slow. So if I'm filming at my camera frame rate of 60 frames a second, my shutter speed needs to be double that. Remember that rule? Mm-hmm. So 120, so 60 times two is 120. So yeah. my camera frame rate is 60 frames. And then, so my shutter speed is going to be 120. 120 frames a second. Um, and then if I, so that, that needs to stay like that in order for it to look good, like mm-hmm. smooth and, and, and normal. So then the thing that I'm adjusting for exposure is going to be my aperture, right? Cause that's mm-hmm. the other thing that I'll, I'll adjust that and ISO. Yeah. So if I have a really nice camera that I bought, that's like F 1.4, I, I want to utilize that, especially with video. Like when you're shooting video, shallow depth of field looks really good. But if you're shooting outside in the daytime, which is, uh, uh, you know, pretty regular when you're filming is in the day, it, if you're shooting at 120 frame, uh, 120 frames a second for your shutter speed, and then your eye, your aperture is 1.4, it's going to be way too bright outside. It's just going to mm-hmm. be a, a white image. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Right. So the thing that I've been using lately, this is where I'm going with all this. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, if anybody's still following me. <laughs> Where I'm going with this is I use um, lens filters, like ND filters. Mm -hmm. So I slap on ND filter, and that's the other way, like uh, to to um, fix your exposure to make it darker. Just a thing that goes right on the end of the lens. Yeah, I don't know if anybody doesn't know. It's basically sunglasses for your lens. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, screws right on. Yeah, it's like sunglasses that screw right onto your eyeballs. Yeah, it's a little circular disc that's called a filter that like scrolls that um, just screws right onto your lens. <laughs> so it's, so yeah, it's like I said, it's sunglasses for your lens. It makes it darker. So you don't have to compromise your shallow depth of field in order to get an, your, your video properly exposed. Yeah. So pretty much it's like putting a filter over the sunshine to make it darker outside. Yes. It's like just getting rid of some of the sun. So you yeah. be like, okay, cool. So it's, it's really helpful for video because then I can still film a person and get like really nice shallow depth of field because mm-hmm. I can keep my aperture really low and wide open Yeah, and still have it be properly exposed. It's also really cool for taking pictures because if you're like want to go shoot a waterfall and you want to have it be a long exposure, if it's the daytime, you can't shoot like a 10 second exposure in the day because it's going to be, like I said, so just a white image. Light in it's just Even like if flooded. you roll, right, yeah. Even if you roll your your um, shutter speed or your aperture all the way up mm-hmm. to like F30. Yeah. It's still going to be too bright because it's daytime. <laughs> yeah. It's just the sun is too powerful. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't work. But there's, there's these filters, like the really expensive filters that get really, really dark that it drops at like 10 stops. And that's something we should talk about. Stops is like a term for aperture, like one stop. Oh, okay. Yeah. How would you explain like stops? So is one stop like a full number? Yeah. Or is it just like from 1.8 to 1.2? It's, one, it's a to full two number. Okay. 
I don't know how it explains so stops. Just like one just stop a full number. So like F four is a stop. F five is one stop down. Uh, it would be one stop darker. So one yeah. stop down. I know that always confuses me. It's like up or down. Kind of depends on how. I don't know. Actually, it's just one yeah. stop darker. You just say one stop difference. Okay. So there are some like I have a a lens filter. It's a, it's ND, which stands for neutral density. So and I use Hoya, and that's the variable nd filter yeah so there's so there's variable nd filters and then there's just regular like static filters nd filters so a variable has it's two lenses together but it's one like it's one filter that has two pieces of glass that Mm -hmm. that spin and as you spin it there's like different i don't really know like the science of it but different particles in it that will be darker depending on the angle that they're facing like you ever look at those particles yeah yeah like you know those you know those like pictures that you twist like you turn sideways and it's and it's like a different yeah it's like slightly you look at a 3d picture kind of yeah or maybe not 3d but kind of when you scratch it goes (laughs) (laughs) i guess yeah or like like you look at it from one perspective and it's it's one thing and then you look at it from another perspective and then it's like a completely different picture. Mm-hmm. Like the T-Rex is standing there and then you move it and he's like eating a Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gazelle <laughs> his, his or whatever. He goes down and he's eating a, the... Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, oh, look. Yeah, you twist it and like, oh, the T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like with puzzles they have it yeah. and stuff like that. So I think it's that. Like the, just the... Like that technology applied to a filter. Yeah, I think so. Like yeah. that's how I understand it. So when you twist it, it just gets darker. I always thought it was a bunch of like lines and when you... Sp- then when you spend it, <laughs> the lines would either line up to where it lets more light yes. in, or when it twists, well, I think it so. like kind of slowly gets darker, and then eventually it's like all the lines are... Yeah. I don't know if that is making sense. Yes, no, that makes I... sense, and I think that's that's how it works. That okay. Just in my brain, that's how I... It just confused me when you said particles. I'm like, is this scientific? Is there like some I mean, the, chemicals I don't know. in there that are like being mixed I together? I don't know, dude. <laughs> But gosh, I wish I had my... Well, yeah, long story short, you spin it, it gets darker. Yeah, you spin it, it gets darker. That's what a variable neutral neutral density filter is. Nice. Um, and then with a static neutral de- neutral density filter, there is it's only one piece of glass. There is no spinning mm-hmm. mechanism. It's just, it is what it is. So you just slap it on, hope for the best. Yeah. But it's a little bit cleaner because there's only one piece of glass to shoot through, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So, but there's some lens, some filters that can be like, 10 stops so you can put it on there and it's like that's pretty cool completely black almost mm-hmm. um the one that i have only goes six stops but the the variable nd actually gets darker so i could put that on roll my f stop up to like maybe f 16 or something roll my shutter speed down to like maybe five seconds mm-hmm. and then go out in the daytime and shoot a long exposure of a long exposure photo of a waterfall yeah. And have it be nice and silky and be nice, exp- awesome. pr- properly exposed. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, dude. Words. <laughs> I hope that people understand, understand what's happening right <laughs> I feel like you have to have basic camera knowledge to understand some of these things. Yeah. But I think we're doing a pretty good job. I hope so, man. I, yeah. I'm confusing myself in some of these parts, but. Yeah. So those are like the basic things with lenses. Like there's a lot of different things you can do. Like this, this lens the 85 millimeter has a button on the side, which is like exposure lock. I mean, um, focus lock. Oh, cool. Um, so if you're auto focusing and then you get your focus, you can hold that button. And then when you half click your shutter down, it's not going to search for focus again. Oh, that's cool. Um, 
like do you keep yeah, your camera like half halfway down on the shutter as focus do i well i use manual focus a lot but oh you do yeah that's if i'm not using manual focus that's what i have it as or like the continuous focus where it has a bunch of little green squares focusing on everything it's always looking for focus when you're moving mm-hmm. yeah yeah like continuous right continuous autofocus yes um so yeah some lenses have that little button on there so if you if your camera does when, when you hold the shutter button down halfway you can hold that button on your lens that That's keeps awesome. it from searching for focus mm-hmm. again you're like i found it okay camera chill chill out camera stop trying so many things but what i do if my because a lot of most of my lenses don't have that little mm-hmm. button on them so instead of my shutter button being the autofocus search yeah i have the there's another button on my camera on the back that's dedicated to focus. Oh, cool. It's, it's called back button focus. It's you something change you change it in your settings. And yeah. Stuff? It's just in your settings. That's cool. So that way when I half press my shutter button, it doesn't look for focus ever. Unless you push the button. Unless I push it. Yeah. So it's, they're independent. Oh, okay. This, this button in the back, the, <laughs> guys, this button <laughs> in the back with my thumb this one here. is the button that, that I use for focus. <laughs> yeah. So there's just a button. I, I don't know if it's, if it's, um, what's the word? Like if it's only on Sony le- cameras mm-hmm. or if, if it's... Is it the C1 button? No. What does that do, dude? I've C1? never pushed that button. It's the... <laughs> <laughs> In the settings, you can set that to be... Like all professional cameras have that. So my C1 button, I have it dedicated to switch between autofocus and manual focus. So I click that, my camera goes into autofocus mode. I click it again, it goes into manual focus mode. Oh, so maybe I can, that's like, what it does for mine. Yeah, I think okay. You can I set it to do whatever you want. I think I'm. I just know where it is, so I push it. But then when I look at the camera, I'm like, "What the heck is this button?" <laughs> but yeah, no, I use it all the time. Okay. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, that's funny. But I have another another button dedicated to focus. It's it, that's all it does. That's what that button is for. Mm-hmm. So I push it. It's awesome. It looks for focus. Like it's the, it does continuous. So I, yeah. when I'm shooting like sports, I hold that button down, and it's doing continuous autofocus, and I'm shutter, 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 independent. Nice. But then I can click it, like if I'm shooting something like, I don't know, just something, I click it, I have my focus, and I don't want my shutter button to search for it again, yeah. my shutter, it won't. If I just let go, <laughs> yeah, I just let go of that button. You do this with your finger. Yeah. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but yeah, some lenses have that button on them. That's cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's all my knowledge with lenses. That's all I know. I I have, I guess I, so what kind of, what lenses do you have? Like what's in your inventory, your lineup? I have a 16 to 50 and I think it's like a 3.5 to 5.6 or something. Oh, that's some, explain that. The lens. Yeah. Like what is five point, what is 3.5 to 5.6? Okay. So that's the, um, the F stop number that it can do. So if I'm all the way zoomed Correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm zoomed in all the way to 50, well, let me back up. So 16 to 50 is going to be the the um, focal length. So if I'm at 16, super wide angle, and if I zoom into 50, that's more like portraits type thing, like that focal length. Yeah, it's so more zoomed closer, in. More zoomed in. And so if I'm all the way zoomed out to 16 millimeters, yeah, then that would make the f-stop up to the 5.6? No. Or is that the other way around? Other way around. Okay, so the 3.5 or whatever the yeah. lower number is that's the lowest I can go with that. But when I'm all the way zoomed in to 50, the lowest F-stop that I can go to is the 5.5. Right. Which is annoying. Right? 
I know I'm so frustrated because yeah. I'm zoomed in and I'm like, what the heck? This is a 3.5. Oh, but it's right. a kit lens. I mean, it's it's a kit lens, yeah. so it's that's one that came with it. Yeah, there are like this lens I have on this camera right here. Mm-hmm. That's a um, it's a constant f it's a constant aperture lens, which means because that's a zoom lens, so I, I can mm-hmm. zoom from 18 millimeters to, all the way to 105, and it just stays the and same. it stays the same. It's a constant it's like a aperture. It's f4. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So no matter no matter where, <laughs> but no matter where I'm zoomed in, it's always going to be f4. Yeah. So that's nice. That's cool. But you can yeah. change it, right? If you want to, I can change it if I want okay, to. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. So what else do you have? So I have the 50 prime, and yeah. I, so like we talked about, uh, I just totally blanked on what I was saying. Okay, yeah. So 50 prime <laughs> means it's not a zoom. I totally blanked. I don't even know what that was, man. My brain's like. Um, so you can't zoom with it and it's a 1.8. So that's the lowest focal length that it can go to and it go up to F22. Yeah. Um, and then the other lens I have for the Sony is a, the telephoto lens that can be, yeah, the telephoto lens. And what's that one? It's a 55 to 210. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't remember the focal length on the early, um, F. I think it's F, uh, 4.5 to 6.3. Cool. I think. That sounds right. So when you're all the way zoomed into 210, the lowest aperture you can go is 6.3. I like that lens a lot, though. That's a really good lens. I do, too. I really like it a lot. Yeah. Because 210 is so zoomed in. Especially, oh my gosh, here's another thing you need to know with lenses. (laughs) So there's full frame lenses, and then there's crop sensor frame, like there's crop frame lenses. That's always been so hard for me to understand. Me, too. And it it varies depending on the camera body. So Uh these, both of these cameras that I use... Mm-hmm. Their their crop sensor, which okay. is APS size C, right over my head. APS C sensors, so it's basically just a crop frame. So okay. there's there's full frame lenses, or yeah, full frame camera bodies, which is just it's a full frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's, there's crop frame. So these two that I have are cropped frame. So when I put a 24 millimeter lens, let's just use 24 millimeters as an example. Okay. There's a crop factor. So I put, so 24 millimeters on a full frame is going to look different than 24 millimeters on a crop frame. How so? So you just have to multiply it. I think it's one, 1. 1.5. So you have to take 24. So 24 millimeters on a 24 or on a full frame is mm-hmm. 24 millimeters. Yeah. Cause there's no crop factor. Okay. But then you put it on the cropped, <laughs> you put it on the cropped sensor 24 times 1.5 is something else. <laughs> I got to find out. One and a half of that. Hey Siri, what's 24 times 1.5? Oh, I don't think she got the beginning. 24 times 1 is 24. No. <laughs> no Siri, you know it's not. 24. Oh, mom's 24 times 24 times 1.5 is 36. So that's going to be like okay. a, it's going to be a 36 millimeter. So it's going to be more, it's going to be more zoomed it's in. It's going to be more zoomed in because yeah. that makes sense. Oh my gosh, Ollie. Dogs for days. Dogs, man. Yeah. Anyway, so that's just something to think about with. Um, but you can put a full frame lens on a crop frame sensor. You just have to. Like a, know what you're getting into. Yeah. Like know what it's going to do. Yeah. yeah. Just know that it's going to be more zoomed in uh-huh. than it would be on a full frame. Cool. Which I did. It took me a long time to learn that. Dude. That helped a lot. Yeah, that was good. That was good. So anyway, I I forget if I was going anywhere with that, but 
I think you just mentioned it and you're like, oh yeah, we haven't gone over that yet. Right. So many things to go over. And so just so you know, there's going to be a visual companion to this this awesome. podcast. So if you if you need more of a if you're more of a visual learner, all of this I'm gonna film it and Braden, if you wouldn't mind helping me. I would love to. We're gonna love that. We'll show like what F twenty two looks like as opposed to F one point eight and why you would use it as opposed like why you'd use one versus the other. That'll be fun. Where are we gonna shoot it? Anywhere, man. We can just do it. Okay. Wherever. We're we gonna do it outside. Yeah, we can do it outside. Nice. We we should probably do some inside too, mm-hmm. just to illustrate what Yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. A little bit of this. Bada bing bada boom. Bada bing. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. I feel like now's a good time to stop since like the dogs yeah, are barking. Yeah, I want to say hey to People are coming home. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for dropping some knowledge with me. Dude, anytime. Is there anything else you need to say? I need to say... No, I really don't have anything else to say. <laughs> okay. But it would be cool if I did, you know? Well... But no, I don't think I have anything else to say. We covered a lot of things. Do your plug real fast. My plug? Tell people where to follow you and where to... Oh, learn yeah. Braden PNW... Braden.pnw, sorry. Is it dot? Yeah, Braden.pnw. Okay. P-N-W. Yes, that's my Instagram. And that's pretty much all I use, and I haven't been using it very much, but you should follow Raw's page too for Ammon. And that's yes. at NWRaw. At NWRaw. I'm the new social media manager there, so you'll see yeah. some of my work. So the last, like, what, four or five posts have been yours? Yeah. From the video on. From, from the one good video... <laughs> That we have posted on the thing right now. The super buttery, smooth, delicious video. Yeah. From like May now. 7th or May 6th. Um, yeah. 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 Cool. Well, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you learned some stuff. <laughs> I know not, I did. If not, just go watch the IGTV. Yeah. So Okay. So the visual portion is going to all be on my IGTV. Awesome. So go to Ammon Clough and just click my IGTV and this this will be the, the lens one. The yes. lens episode. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed yourself and want to know how you can support this podcast, the best way to do so is by subscribing. And I would greatly appreciate a subscribe. And if you would tell a friend about this podcast and maybe your favorite episode, you are also more than welcome to leave a rating and a review on iTunes, which helps the podcast become more easily discoverable for more people. You can also go to anchor.fm slash ambitious slash support. That's ambitious with two M's. And you can give a monthly donation as low as $1. Support from you helps me to interview more people from different places and keep providing you with content that's delicious for your ears. Also, be sure to check the show notes for this episode for any additional information. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. It was so great to be in your ear holes. And I love you. And I'll talk to you in the next one.